Hey, TCO fam. Just a quick note before we get to the episode. This episode was recorded before the recent news broke about the updates in Adnan's case. To find out more about that, check the episode show notes. We've linked to a couple of articles and other places where you can find the most up-to-date information. Okay, now to the show. Before we get to the show, hi. Hi. Welcome. Well, Happy Sunday. Oh, right. It's Sunday. I keep forgetting what day it is. You guys, we want to just let you know, over on our Patreon feed, we have a brand new interview with Queen Rabia. Right. You guys, that's our second interview with Queen Rabia. We talk all about how this documentary series came to be. You know, it's based on her book. They optioned her book to make this. Right. She gives us her hot take on Jen Pusateri, mm. on Debbie, yep. on Don, Don, on Don and Debbie. I know. I can't even. You guys, we also have a full interview with Asia McLean Chapman where like you're going to see a bit of her in this episode too but if you want Asia's full story mm-hmm. that's over on our Patreon feed plus our entire episode by episode coverage of Serial Season 1. Yeah, which is this whole case in case you're just joining us <laughs> at, here at True Crime Obsessed. Anyway, we're not just trying to sell the Patreon we're just letting you know where you can get more information if you want it. Yeah, and if you want to hear from Rabia and Asia. Who doesn't? <laughs> girl, now let's get to our real introduction. Okay. Girl! Girl. girl. I, I, girl. I know, I know, I know. I know. <laughs> You guys, happy Sunday. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hello. It's not Tuesday morning. How's your Sunday night going? It's God's day, and here we are. <laughs> it's Rabia's day. Yes. It's Queen Rabia's and day. And she, look, God is looking down, and she's like, Rabia, girl, I see you. I know. Loving you. You know Rabia texts with God. She definitely does. Okay. If Rabia texts with God and also texts with us. I know. What does that mean for us? Ah! <laughs> okay, quickly, you guys, before we get to the episode, we just want to tell you a couple of things. Come see us live at PodX mm-hmm. the last weekend in May. Mm-hmm. Go to PodX.com. That's in Nashville. And all of these amazing podcasts are going to be there. It's us. It's Crime Junkie. It's Rabia with Undisclosed. Uh, Bear Brook. Uh, Crime Writers On. The Hamblecast. <laughs> uh, oh, no, Ross and Carrie. Just so oh, many so amazing. Many. Nancy from WNYC. Not Nancy Grace. No. God, no. She might be there, but who cares? But the following weekend, come see us at CrimeCon, <laughs> where Nancy Grace definitely will be there, which is in New Orleans the first weekend of June. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you guys, we added a couple tiers on Patreon. Yeah. The $5 tier is staying exactly the same. Nothing changes there. Nothing changes. It's all of the weekly episodes. It's all of the early access to tickets. Yeah. It's all of the bonus episodes. Same old, same old. Everything, everything. For $10, you guys get ad-free versions of these episodes. Plus everything in the $5 tier. Exactly. And at the $20 tier, you get like exclusive VIP stuff that we're going to get into down the road for future events. Mm-hmm. But also, you get a monthly bonus surprise from us. I know. Something fun. We have ideas. We we're are, totally on it. I I've worked it out. I already know at least the first three months what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, and lastly, come see us live in June for our Pride show. Yes. And thank you so much for like wanting to hang out more and get more content from us. We're so grateful. Thank I know. You. We love you. I know. All right. Let's, let's, let's get to it. Girl, I'm freaking out. I'm <laughs> screaming. We're talking about the case against Anand Syed on yes, HBO, by the way. Exactly. We haven't even said that yet. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking out. Okay. We got these screeners of these episodes three weeks ago. Yeah, the first three episodes. And the whole plan was to make it so that we could drop our episode right after it aired on HBO. Which, yeah. here we are. This is what's happening. Sunday night. I know. Oh my God. <laughs> get cozy. Get in your PJs. Get some tea or whatever. <gasps> here we go. Here we go. When you are working on a case that you think is a wrongful conviction, you're only on one side. And that side is getting to the truth. The day she went missing was just a normal day to me. It never hit me that something could be wrong until they found her body. The suspect is Adnan Musad Syed. It felt like they gotta have the wrong guy. If he did what he did, then who's the person that I saw every day in class? 
For years, I've been saying to Adnan, we should go to media, we should go to journalists, because they can do things we can't do. But nobody realized it's going to turn into anything big. Adnan Syed's story has captivated millions since the launch of the podcast Serial. Serial is what brought new evidence to the case. But Serial was not going to exonerate him. Now, 18 years after he was sent to prison, convicted murderer Adnan Syed heads back to court as questions about his case continue to surface. As investigators, we go beyond what law enforcement has already done. Failure to investigate more thoroughly is a major mistake. I never thought about him over all these years. This was a person that had a life. This is an interesting case, but it's people's lives. I know there are things that don't look good for me. I'm telling you, that's what happened. How could anybody think that he's being straight about this? That doesn't make him a killer. Makes him an unusual person. This is perhaps the critical piece to this case. They were going to follow that wherever it took them. This is a piece of evidence that nobody even realized existed. I want you to look into my eyes and tell me of your innocence. All right, here's how it opens. And I love this so much. Me too. So the episode opens with animation of Heyman Lee. It's amazing piece of animation. It really is amazing. The music under it is amazing. Mm -hmm. The animation looks exactly like her. Mm -hmm. And she's like reading from her diary. This book is open to those whose heart is innocent. If you feel any guilt reading this, you should stop. This book is full of my expression. Dedicated to those who I love and love me back. Do love and remember me forever. Since I'll always love you all. We get so much Heyman Lee in this episode. I loved it so much. I got this a lot in Serial, but this series really drives it home. To me, there's so much about Heyman Lee that's like she's a high school girl. Yes. In so much, in so many ways. But she's also strikes me as this like wise beyond her years totally. person. Where like we read this like almost like warning slash welcome to her diary. I think too, it's a metaphor for this whole situation. This may make you angry. Happy, mad, or cry. So do enter at your own risk. And so the opening credits are basically like a previously on. Right. It, it really, because in case you are joining this whole case for the first time, yeah. it's such a great device to bring everybody up to speed. Right. What we learned in the opening credits is that, like, Heyman Lee went missing on January 13th, 1999. Mm-hmm. Her body was found, like, six weeks later. And her boyfriend, Adnan Syed, has been arrested for the murder. Mm-hmm. So it opens in earnest at this daycare in Woodlawn, Maryland. And at first I was like, where are we? I know, me too. I was like, what? Those screen- I'm here. Those, that's screaming. <laughs> Not a mother, you guys. But, but then we learn, you know who is a mother? Adnan's mother. Yeah. And she is still running a daycare. I She's know. She's so warm and loving. The care and light is just exuding from her. Yeah, and I want you to get ready. Because okay, okay. I have crushes on everybody in this documentary. Okay. We see her son, not Yusuf. Not Jay, right? Not Jay. Oh, okay, good, good, good. Uh, no. Everyone else, no. that's okay. Everyone, as long I, as I, it's I, not Jay. <laughs> uh, no, Jay. Or Don, right? No, no. Oh, good, good, no. Good, good. You guys, you guys, we're getting to Don. Oh, no! okay. okay, but you're good. You're safe, girl. Totally. I got you. So 
her son Yusuf. I'm officially in love with Yusuf. I think he's so cute. And Saad, Rabia's brother, coming back later. I love I know, him so I love much. Him. But Yusuf is is Anand's younger brother. Yes, by like eight years. Yeah. And the thing about Anand's mom, Shamim, is that she can't even like the filmmakers ask her. Did you have this um, the center when Anand? Oh yeah, he used to help me too. Yeah. This is could be seen on paper as like a benign question. Yeah. You know, she can't even answer that without choking up and getting so emotional. I'm sorry. And then you guys, are you are you ready? No, are you I ready? Are you ready? Like- I know. I can't stop crying. I'm not joking. Every th- okay. What happens is you. S- I'm gonna sob. Me too. I know. Look, I look at your face. I've never seen this before. I know. I'm telling you. <laughs> so Yusuf says, when Anna went to prison, it was like a big piece of all of us had died. We thought he was gone forever, but then Rabia. While she was in law school, while she was raising two daughters, she was always there for us and she was still fighting for Adnan. Adnan would have been forgotten by everyone if it wasn't for Rabia. Rabia? Look, I turned into Buddy the Elf. I was like, I know her! Rabia, I know her! She's like Santa! I was like, oh! Remember in Serial when Sarah Koenig said, like, Robbie is sweet and nice, but do not fuck with her? Yeah. So that is the most perfect embodiment because you see this woman on screen. She's so beautiful, but she's so confident mm-hmm. and she's so strong. And she's pregnant. Pregnant with her third child. <laughs> I know. And they, the filmmakers, Amy Berg, I love you, but girl, they make this pregnant woman walk up the stairs to, like, the nursery and tell us what this is. And she's, like, out of breath because she's pregnant. Right. Well, pregnant people have to walk up the stairs. I know. Not a mother. I'm just saying, don't come for Amy Berg. <laughs> Amy Berg is a hero. She's the best of Memphis and Jesus Camp. I'm obsessed with Amy Berg. So don't do it. It doesn't look like a baby's room yet. Nothing's in here. Has <laughs> you painted. But this will be the nursery. Got a couple weeks to get it set up. When Adnan was incarcerated, my older daughter was 99. How old was she? She was only two. This will be my third baby. And I hope that this baby will get to know Adnan uncle in a normal environment. So we find out that after Adnan's like last appeal in 2013, yeah. Robbie is like, we need to go about this in another way. Cue the serial music. <laughs> For years, I've been saying to Adnan, we should go to media. We should go to journalists because they can do things we can't do. I went to my laptop and I started looking for a reporter who had covered the case in 1999 for the Baltimore Sun. And the first name I came across was Sarah Koenig. Then we get the serial VO. You right. guys want to hear it? Have you missed it? Yeah. Have you missed it? I went to go see Rabia. <laughs> she was surrounded by papers, boxes, and like crappy documents. I know. We'll get back to that. You guys, if you didn't hear our, our Patreon coverage of serial, you are missing out on Jillian's Sarah Kane impression. It always ends with, I know. We'll get back to that. <laughs> I know, I thought that too, right? I we'll know. We'll get back to that. Right? Rabia, who like carries the, the case files in her car. I know. Because she never knows when, know. Some, when she can save a life or like do something amazing. She's like, no, pregnant with my third child. Right. Of course I have the, the most pertinent case documents in the, exactly- like, the trunk of my car. Bitch, what are you doing with your life? I'm Rabia. Get it together. She's Santa Claus. I know her. I'm assessing what I know. I can't. I'm sweating. I can't. I didn't even know what a podcast was. Nobody realized, even Sarah Koenig herself, I didn't think, went into this um, thinking, I'm going to do like 10, 12 episodes on this or it's going to turn into anything big. 
me tell you, you guys, we've been saying this since the beginning of this podcast, which has evolved right. uh, <laughs> in many ways, but let the badass women do the work, you guys. I know. These women, I, I can't know. stand it. Wait till we get to Susan Simpson. No. I can't. I know. <laughs> Yeah, you guys, I don't think I've ever been so like vi- like my whole body is responding and reacting. I know, I this know, is a thing. So then, like you guys, uh, P.S. Cereal blows up. Yeah, so we see all this like this coverage of cereal, and I the one note I made it says we see Nancy Grace making a horrible raccoon face. Uh, we what see else her. Is new? I, <laughs> we see her for Just one a second Tuesday for Nancy Grace <laughs> making some stupid face and like some horrible assumption. Nancy Grace just has resting raccoon face. <laughs> I will thank you to leave the raccoons out of this. Okay? They're very smart and they're adorable when they want to be. Nancy Grace is neither. State of Maryland versus Adnan Syed. So you guys, it's it's December 10th, 1999, and we see video of Adnan's trial. Video. I, it's just like, this is the thing, one of the things that's so mind-blowing about this. Totally. We see Christina fucking Gutierrez. No. We see Adnan being Don't. brought in. Did we not? <laughs> we did. We did. And the thing that I cannot make my brain wrap, it's my head around my yeah. brain thing, uh-huh. is the fact that there's nobody in the court. Nobody's there to watch this. Yeah. Nobody cared in 1999. It's so crazy. Like I get that it wasn't a big deal until, but I can't. My brain can't believe it. No, I know because of where we are now. Right. Like to go back to 1999, it's like what? What was everybody busy? It's December 10th, 1999. What the hell are you doing? And it's really sad. They call um, the state calls Hayes' brother to the stand. Yeah. Young Lee. Yeah. And he's so sweet and like soft spoken. He just seems like such a nice person. Yeah. And he has to describe like the series of events where where we events. We find out that Hay is gone. We knew something was wrong when we got a call from my cousin's teacher asking us to pick her up from the school. This was strange because it was my sister's job. Do you know about what time you received the phone call that Hay had not picked up your cousins? Around 3.30. What if anything happened next? I called my sister's workplace her best friend, Aisha, and I called the school. I love so much about the series, but one of the things I really love is that how much we focus on Hay and her family yes. and what they've gone through. Yep. Because in, in cases of wrongful conviction, it's very easy to focus on the wrongfully convicted yeah. and not the victim. So I love that they shed so much light on her. Yeah, so then we see Aisha Pippen. Present day, like I real know. light, like today. I know. She... Aisha Pippen, they, these people feel like celebrities. They're I... just real people who are going through a horrible, <laughs> horrible thing. I feel like a monster by being like, I know. Aisha, I know. <laughs> Oh my god, it's Aisha Pippen. Oh, she's right there. She's right there. Cousin Day, Aisha Pippen. Oh my god. I totally feel the same way. This poor woman is talking about this horrible thing. Her friend. I know. It's horrible. I'm a monster. I know. No, no, no. I'm the same way. Like, if I saw her, I'd ask her for her autograph. Her brother called to tell me, and the immediate thing I did after that was page her and then continue paging her, just worrying but not knowing what to do. We're now getting from all of Hayes' friends, like, Hayes not returning pages. Right. Hayes not returning phone calls. And we meet, like, her little crew. So it was, like, Hay and um, Krista. Aisha, Krista Myers, and Debbie Warren. And there are, like, no less than 52 pictures of the four of them. Right. They were a little crew. And it, like, makes my heart swell and break at the same time. They were yeah. just the best of friends. Heyman Lee has been missing for not a long time. Right. And her family goes straight to her diary. <laughs> I'm telling you, the first time Daisy doesn't text me back, straight to the diary. Yeah, she, she's in the bathroom for 
for a little bit too long and you're like, where is she? Um, All the doors are coming off. Yeah, that's it. So they go to her diary and they find Adnan's phone number. Well, they find a phone number. They find a phone number. Then I call that number. Who did you believe you were calling? I believe I was calling Don, my sister's new boyfriend. What happened when you called the number? I asked, may I speak to Don? But after speaking to the the receiver, I knew it was Adnan. And that's when Adnan finds out that she's missing. And Adnan's like, oh, okay, well, she's going to be in big trouble. And they also find the word Don written 127 (laughs) times. Again, she's wise beyond her years, Hayley, and also still a high school girl. Two things about this. Both of these things is pointed out in Serial. Mm -hmm. That the phone number and and Don being written out. Sarah talked about that in Serial. And to see it in real, to actually see it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Are we crazy? Are we just like crazy Serial people? We Our shoulders are to our ears. Girl, right now, yes, we're crazy. Do most people not care? If there's video of us, we are si- we are not well. And so, like, the cop calls Adnan. Okay, so I think his name is Officer Adcock. Mm-hmm. The important thing about this phone call is this is where it's established, air quotes established, that Adnan did ask Hay for a ride that day. Right. And that's important because that will be used as evidence that Adnan was trying to get into her car. Right. To kill her. Uh, I spoke to uh, Mr. Syed. And he advised me that uh, he was supposed to get a ride home from the victim, but he got detained at school and felt that she just got tired of waiting and left. I've never talked to a police officer before. And when he called me, I was like, I was literally high on marijuana, and there's a cop calling me. So when he asked me about hey, I just remember kind of like, hey, did I ask Kay for a ride that day? And so now we meet um, Robbie's brother, Saad. <gasps> ah, Saad! He's back. He was... Adnan's best friend. And so Rabia will say, like, later in the series, like, Adnan was, like, my brother. Right. She was so close to him. And also a genius lawyer who just, like, is going to change the world and is changing it this minute. Right. So she's like, how can I sit idly by when my brother's best friend is going through this? And also, like, I kind of love Saad and Adnan because they are just dumb boys in high school. Right. And the shenanigans we learn about is kind of hilarious. don't they ensue. My goodness. (laughs) Um, so Hope... Guys, Hope Schaub, the French teacher. I have some issues with her. Yeah, Hope, I have some issues with her too. You go first. Well, she sits down and it's like, woo, 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 like these sirens. And someone, I'm like, is it Amy Rabia? Who's that voice? Oh my God, she's an angel. Who is that? Um, but someone from behind the camera is like, it's really loud. And she's like, it's better than the gunshots. It's better than when we lived in Baltimore. It'd be two o'clock, three o'clock. Pop, 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 pop. Pop, 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 she says. I was like, Hope. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, and she's like, well, there are 300 murders a year. I've been teaching for this long. Like, five students a year die. You do the math. Hey, what else do you want to know? I have issues with Hope. Me too. No, no, no. I do too. The thing to know about Hope that's important is that Hope was a very young teacher at the time of the murder. So she was about the same age as the students, maybe a little bit older. Yeah, and so Hay was like Hope's intern. Hay was my intern. She would come in at 7.15 every morning and stay for an hour and a half. She would bring her coffee in and do work on the computer for me or help me grade my papers. She was like a daughter to me. Hope to me 
skews a little more towards the, I'm not a real teacher, I'm a cool teacher. Yeah. And, a and, little bit, right? And yes, I agree. And we'll get to this in a minute. Like, I think that hope has grown and changed in since yes. the time that this all happened. Yes. But I think at the time, hope did not realize the power that she had as the teacher of a student who had been murdered. And the influence that she would carry when she was to tell people what her perception of things was. I agree. It carried a lot more weight than I think she thought it did at the time. A zillion percent. So we'll get there. And then we get like, hey, Min Lee on the news. Yeah. Talking about her responsibilities. How about any school activities while you're here? Um, I played field hockey for two years. I've played lacrosse for two years. And I also managed boys wrestling. Hmm. That's a lot to do. Do you have yeah. time to um, have a job while you're doing this? Yeah, I try to manage my schoolwork and my after school work. Like when you hear the voiceover of her diary where she's like, oh my God, this field hockey game. Right. Oh my God, I have to write it down. Like this awareness of how busy she was. But she loved her friends. Totally. And she loved being busy. And She lo- was she- really engrossed in her life. Totally. And people say that, like, when she was in something, she was in it. Whether it's a relationship or the team or whatever, like, that's why you write down 127 times. That's why you, when you're in, you know, and all teenagers are like this. I was going to say, hey and I had a lot in common. Same. Hey and I still have that in common. When you're in, you're in, right? Yeah. But then magnify that in high school. And then it's like, you couldn't be more in. The other thing, oh, the other thing that we're learning about the kids in the magnet program, like you were saying, they were from all different neighborhoods. There were like major cultural differences. Right. Krista shows us her phone book from that time. Oh. And it says it has like all of her friends' phone numbers in it, and it says Adnan, and it says his number, and then under it in all caps, it says never call. Never call. Because girls were not allowed to call his house. Not even like, hey, so what were the pages we were supposed to read for English? Like, you <laughs> never not, call. Not even that. Right. You would have to secretly page him. Like, right. just call somebody else. It's exhausting. <laughs> I gotta get my work done. And. And then we learn about speaking of that the community and that a lot in a lot of these communities like religion was a big part of that culture yes. regardless of what your religion was. So we learn from um, Adnan's brothers. Yes. That there was something called the Anti Network. So we've heard this. We heard this in Serial. Mm-hmm. We've heard this. I read this in, in Rabia's book too. Mm-hmm. It's the idea that like boys weren't supposed to date girls. Girls weren't supposed to date boys. Right. Everyone, everybody is an auntie. It's just people who had uh, had eyes on the kids to make sure they wouldn't ha- they weren't having any fun. Right. <laughs> <laughs> My sweet, beautiful baby Saad is uh-huh. talking about how, like, on Friday nights, <laughs> they would... Robbie at earmuffs. <laughs> <laughs> they would have, like, the aunties would be chasing them all, like, around the mall, making yeah. sure nobody was holding hands. they like, red alert, they're going to the movies. They're going to see a PG film. <laughs> what, whatever shall we do? Okay, you guys, here we are. The prom. Adnan and Saad decided they were going to go to the prom. Spoiler, and disappointingly, not together as a couple. I know. I, that bumps me out a little I bit. Know. Earmuffs are, yeah. But, <laughs> but they decide they're going to go, and Adnan's really nervous. Of course, his parents can't know about it. No. He wants to go with a girl, and this is where Debbie comes in. Adnan was whispering in one ear that he liked Hay, and Hay was whispering in the other ear that she liked Adnan. There's a lot of note writing. I remember that. <laughs> and then my saying, okay, enough with the note writing. Just talk to each other. So high school, <laughs> but it was it was sweet. It was you know it was young love. It was it was cute. <laughs> you guys, I love Debbie. If Debbie's listening, Debbie does something really weird. Well, the- <laughs> I questions I for Debbie. Debbie, what what line are we on? We're taking callers. Debbie, line three. We're gonna get there. Debbie, look about that spring break. I know. Let's talk. <laughs> So the prom start. It was a little bit of drama, right? Of course. Like Adnan shows up to pick up Hay, and we learned this from her diary. Like not dressed, like dressed for basketball, and but not the prom. He can't be dressed. Of course. Like his mother can't find out. Right, but you're 
a gorgeous 18-year-old girl. Thank the you. Boy, you're welcome. The boy of your dreams is coming to pick you up for prom yeah. in like Nike swishy <laughs> shorts and like a yellow basketball jersey. And right. you're like wearing your gorgeous dress that's iridescent and yeah. like changes color in the light and your corsage. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? I know. And she looks like a million bucks. Hey, yeah, what's so pretty? Gorgeous. And then like Adnan, effortlessly smart and cool and popular, is the prom prince. Okay, we have to talk about this for a second. Yeah. Because this is with the first time in this documentary that we hear about Steph. He was the prom prince, and Stephanie McPherson was princess. When they announced Stephanie, it was kind of weird in a way. At the end of eighth grade, me and Stephanie, we were kind of like dating a little bit, but not really. We were. We called each other boyfriend and girlfriend. In Serial, Sarah describes Stephanie as like so beautiful. Mm -hmm. Stephanie is breathtakingly beautiful. Totally. She looks like an absolute model. Right. Again, she also looks 32. Yeah. And not 18. She totally looks 32 She's years like old. She's like 6'2". Yeah, 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 yeah. She looks Without like, a hair out of place. No, she looks like she runs a law firm. Like she, uh, she's, <laughs> she's working with Kathleen Zeller totally. this minute and Rabia this minute. So Stephanie was prom princess and there's an issue here yeah. because he's with Hay and he likes Hay. Right. But what's the protocol? They're prom prince and princess and they used to kind of date but he he's still friends with Stephanie but like his the love of his life and that gorgeous dress is like across the, the gym floor. What yeah. does he do? And it's compounded by the fact that the worst song from the 90s comes on. Which happens to be Hayes' favorite or one of her favorites. Casey songs. and JoJo All My Life. You guys in the Oh no, please. I, I hate, hate this song so much. It's going to be in my head for six days now. But Adnan takes it and makes it like a nice thing for Hay. Right. Traditionally, they were supposed to dance together. To my song, Casey and JoJo's All My Life. I tried to act natural and not jealous, but it did kind of bother me. But I took the pic of them dancing and sat next to Deb, who went on about how neat it is for Anand to be the prince. Ten seconds later, guess who dances with me and not with Stephanie? Anand! Now how can I not fall in love with this guy? I was just thinking, too, about like how different this whole thing would be if we didn't have the diary. You know? Oh. She is so brought to life in that way in this series. It's Absolutely. so amazing. So now we're back at Adnan's house, modern day. Queen Rabia shows up. I just have in my notes, oh my God, Rabia. <laughs> That's all I have. Just in caps, oh my God, Rabia. So what's happening here is Rabia's there to pick up the family to go to this like community gathering. Tonight is the first time, uh, really, since 1999 that the entire community is going to get together. You know, the first year, there were a lot of meetings at the mosque. Then he got convicted, and, um, you know, that was kind of the end of it. For the first time in years, they're coming together to, like, get new information on the case. It's like a town meeting. Yeah. So Rabia and Youssef make a point to say at this meeting, like, we cannot forget about Heyman Lee. Yeah. We are here for justice. Right. And Rabia says this beautiful, gorgeous thing that reminded me so much of the Damien West Memphis 3 case, where she's like, My prayers are always not just that Adnan's exonerated, but that God brings the truth to light. Because that is justice for Hay. I had to pause it and, like, catch my breath. Do you think that her feet ever touch the floor? Or no. do you think she just floats, like, a solid inch no, no, and a no, half she off the floor? Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's always, like, harps, like a low hum of, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. And the light finds her. <laughs> she does not find her light. Yeah. So, you guys, we're back to 99. And, again, if you remember this from Serial, one of the reasons that friends were not connecting the dots that Hay was right. missing was because she went missing on a Friday, and then there was a huge ice storm, and they didn't go back to school for days and days and days. Right, and, like, power 
was out. People yeah. didn't have heat. People didn't have fresh food. So, like, to not hear from your friends, like, the power was out. Of right. course you weren't hearing from people. Yeah. Which is one of the most tragic things about this. You guys, we have a news reporter. I know. Oh, lay it on us. You guys, the weather was bad. <laughs> this news reporter, I know this came out before the comeback, I, Valerie Cherish. This news reporter, it's as though she is doing, she's, she's impersonating you. every piece of that scenery. Yeah. What a mess. <laughs> the freezing rain left behind. Accidents all over the place. You're dodging falling branches on side streets just about everywhere you go. Sweetheart, people are skidding off the streets. It's Valerie. It's like a really bad Valerie Cherish impression. Just about everywhere you go. Like, what is happening? What a mess the freezing rain left behind. Accidents all over the place. Drive through western Baltimore County and it was more of the same. You dodge falling branches on side streets just about everywhere you go. What a mess. I don't need to say that. It's her first day on the first and last day on the job, that one. I can you just see like in the booth, everyone's turning their headphones down. Right. Ah. And in my head she's she's dressed as the cupcake like Valerie Charge was. I don't need to say that. Horrible. <laughs> so here's the thing. You guys, Krista's 18th birthday party was on the 15th. And of- Krista's one of like the four girl crew that Hay was in in the Magnum program. Yeah, so Hay went missing on the 13th. Krista's like, it's kind of weird that I didn't hear from her on like the lead up to my birthday. Uh-huh. But it was really weird when like Hay's not there, but Adnan shows up with Jay, this guy I don't even know, and Stephanie, and, and no Hay. We learn a little bit about Jay, uh-huh. who we're not fans of. No, we're not. Wh- no. Why are you whispering that? We're not fans of Jay. Oh, good. Right. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> I can actually say Adnan didn't do it. Right. Get him out of there. There's no hemming and hawing here. Right. He's innocent. Jay's the worst. Jay was eccentric. Some people describe him as like Dennis Rodman. He had piercings and he listened to heavy metal and rock music. I did not hang out with Jay personally, but Stephanie asked if he could come with her. No one really hung out with him. He was just kind of around. Yeah. Stephanie, was, who was in the Magna program, kind of brought him around. Someone is going to have to explain this to me. Stephanie, who, like, I feel like we learned in serial comes from, like, a great family. Uh-huh. She's beautiful. Obviously very smart. She's in the Magna program. What does she see in Jay? I need to know. I think a lot of those kids, and I was not in a Magna program, uh-huh. but I think there's a lot of pressure, and I think being around Jay or being friends with him was kind of a way to blow off steam. I just, I want to hear from Stephanie. I'm really, really bummed she's not in this. I, I really really want to hear from her. I, I feel like her perspective on all of this would be mind-blowing. I agree. Yeah. So now when Hay doesn't show up for Christmas party, she doesn't page, she doesn't call, yeah. people are worried. And this is when like the, the search for her really begins. They, they have dog units. All right, don't say it with that tone. No. Dogs are very helpful <laughs> and amazing and we don't deserve them. No, that just seems like really extreme. That's like, oh my God, like dog, yeah. like you're looking for a body when you are when you have dogs. Uh, yeah, it's been days. I know. I mean, so this is when the cops come to the school and this is where the French teacher comes back. Hope. I was asked by the detectives being that I was younger in age and close to a lot of the circle that she ran in if I would make up some questions that I could give to the girls to kind of ask around to see if any of the magnet students knew what was going on. 
She writes up like a questionnaire and circulates it. She says the main thing she was trying to find out was, was there a special place that Adnan and Hay would go to like be left alone? Because neither family approved, right? Right. Like the cops, for whatever reason, think that Hay's best friends are lying about Uh things they know and aren't worried sick and really wanting to know what happened to their best friend. For some reason, they're like putting all this weirdness on these girls. So for some reason, the cops are like, hey, cool teacher, Uh write up this questionnaire and try to like trick her friends into giving you information about specifically Adnan. And P.S., you guys, she wasn't dating Adnan anymore. She was dating Don. Right. So then Adnan totally freaked out. Hope tells the story that Adnan comes to her. He came to me and wanted to know why I was asking questions about him. And he said, please don't do that because I don't want my parents knowing my business. And of course, he didn't do anything. Right. So he's not saying it in a way where it's like, don't ask any questions. It's like, no, I'm. you don't know how strict my parents are. You're a white girl. You don't know my community. And it's funny because we find out at some point in this that like Adnan and Hay actually did have places where they would go. Of course. They would go to the Best Buy parking lot mm-hmm. and make out there. But then Adnan says they would also get hotel rooms. And then we see a receipt, a yeah. credit card receipt from the Comfort Inn. They scanned a visa? Right. And I'm like, wait, you have to lie to your parents about going to the movies, but you have a a paper trail and a credit card Uh statement about the Comfort Inn? He would tell his parents he was sleeping over at Saad's house. She would tell her parents she was sleeping over at Aisha's house. Right. They would be in this hotel room together for the entire night. I mean- They are children. Right. But that's why when Adnan goes to Hope, the French teacher, he's like, "Uh, you you gotta stop asking around. Like, this is serious shit that we were doing, and I'm gonna get in really big trouble. So now we find out that Hayes' home life was really- Really stressful. She talked about her mom being very strict, so that caused a lot of tension, and then also having a lot of responsibility. She lived with her grandparents, her mother, her uncle, two younger cousins, and her brother. Being like the oldest one, you know, she helped translate for them and things like that, so she kind of felt like she had equal footing in the household. She could do what she wanted to. If I want to have a boyfriend, I should be able to have a boyfriend. So she's like, am I an equal or am I not? Because right. I'm like cooking dinner or doing all this stuff. Translating and, for you guys. Right. And like running this ship and right. picking up my cousins and doing all this stuff and keeping straight A's and doing this. But yet I can't go to the movies. Right. I can't what? like date a boy that I want to date. Am I an adult or am I not? Right. So what, what happens is that she, she sort of swings from like being so in love with Adnan to then feeling guilty about how focused she's been on him. Right. And how that's like caused rifts with her family. She's had to lie. She's never lied before. Right. And and now she and she's frustrated with Adnan because he has to lie to his like they can't have a, a normal relationship. She just wants to go to the movies and hold her boyfriend's hand. Exactly. So all of this sort of like comes to a head when they go to the dance and Adnan's parents show up. This was one of my favorite. Mo- I, they crashed the dance. Right? <laughs> they crash it. The reason they did that was because my dad didn't believe that Adnan was dating. Oh, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. He's not dating. He can't get these good grades and be dating. Uh, you don't believe me. You don't believe me. Let's go take a trip to the school. Say it to my face, Adnan. Dance with that beautiful girl in my face and prove it. I remember in the podcast thinking like this was such a silly moment. Yeah. Because when Adnan tells the story, he's laughing. It's like a comedy of errors, Yeah, Yeah, and so Adnan thinks it's funny. Hay is really pissed. Right, but he he was embarrassed about it, but she was like, what on earth? I just remember her freaking out about it. Like, he's here with his parents. Like, what do we, like, what, and And I just know that she wanted to get out of there. So now we sort of take a sharp left turn. We're back in court in 99. Debbie is called to the stand. The state's next witness is Ms. Debbie Warren. Ms. Warren, will you step up to the witness stand? 
And we find out, if you lived under a rock and you didn't listen to Serial, Adnan wasn't Hay's boyfriend at the time that she went missing. Right. Miss Warren, did you become aware of any breakups in their relationship? They had broken up probably two times before their final breakup between December and January of 99. Were you ever aware that Hay dated anyone else after the final breakup? Yes, she did. Who was that? Um, Donnie. I'm obsessed with Don. They call him Donnie. I know. It's Ooh. so bizarre. So we get Hayes' diary again. Mm-hmm. And she's like, you know, we've heard some of this in Serial, but she's talking about how much she loves Don and she, she doesn't know what's wrong with her because she's dating Adnan or she loves Adnan, but she also loves this guy, Don. Every time I close my eyes, I see my baby. But I keep on thinking about someone else. Don Kleindenst. Why? I don't know. But I keep wanting to get closer to him. I'm going to have to get my thoughts straight. I do love Anon. But today, I kept on imagining Don over my body instead of Anon. I keep imagining Don over my body. And I'm like, over your body? Oh my god! Oh my god, it's a comforting! Oh no! The thing is, like, her friends say, look, she went from one sneaky relationship to another sneaky relationship. Right. Like, she, what she wanted from Adnan, which was, like, being able to have a teenage relationship where it was, like, out in the open and holding hands and smooching and yeah. going to dinner at each other's houses, she couldn't do that with Don either. Right, right. So this is another example of not only a teenager being 100% in and super infatuated and in love, Hay seemed to do that extra. Uh-huh. So now she's just jumping. Yeah, so we're back at the school with Debbie, and Debbie's walking us through, like, Hay's final moments at the school. Yeah. She was in a rush to go somewhere. She would have come out of the staircase, directly out of these doors, down this walkway, and right there to her car. She was intending to pick up her cousin directly after leaving and then going to see Don. She was going to go meet Don. And is this new information? Because I had not heard that before. It felt very new to me, but yeah. I know that you have listened to and read a zillion more things than I have on this. So uh-huh. to me, it felt new. But if it feels new to you, then that's kind of a bombshell for me. I know. I mean, if you, this felt like new information. That yeah. like Don would potentially have been the last person to see her alive, except for the fact that Don, we thought, was working that day. We'll, well get to that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And then you guys were jumping around a little bit because that's what the documentary does. Uh-huh. We're back in the courtroom. Guess who's called to the stand? The defense will call Alonzo Sellers to the stand. Mr. Sellers, please step all the way up to the witness stand, please. All the way up here. Alonzo Sellers, Mr. S. You guys, if you don't remember who he is, he's the streaker who found Hay's body. Whilst drinking and driving. Yeah. (laughs) If you remember. Possibly naked. (laughs) He was like on his way back to work. He like was drinking a 40 in his car. Like the story's like, I went home to use the bathroom. (laughs) I used the bathroom, picked up a couple 40s from my fridge, pounded them, had to pee again. Like two minutes into my drive back to work. Then... Stopped on the side of the road, walked like a zillion feet into this brush, yeah. and like looked over, hammered, yeah. <laughs> and like noticed this very well buried body. It makes no sense. I'm going to say this now unequivocally. Yes. Because we see the photos of oh. what he would have seen. He knew she was there. A zil- I could not agree more. You, there was absolutely no way he saw anything. When you see those photos, you're like, where? Oh, wait, is that a. Is, oh my God, is that her foot? It, yeah. They're traumatizing. Yeah. There's no way this hammered guy right. drinking and driving. <laughs> would just, like, notice that. There's no way. Wait, we have to talk about him on the stand. This court footage 
I was standing up watching this. <laughs> because in the in serial, I remember Sarah referred to him as a hostile witness. Remember, he like did not want to be there. But here's what I can't. Okay, so maybe like seeing it is because I, I remember this from the podcast or our coverage from it. So it's maybe, some of your funniest material ever. But I, I so Alonso Sellers is questioned by Christina, Christina Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Christina Gutierrez. Did you not? <laughs> She's a monster. Um. Okay, you guys, paint a picture. Yeah. They're in court. Mm-hmm. He's on the stand. <laughs> yeah. He's being questioned about the dead body he found whilst allegedly hammered, right? right? We all know why he's there. Uh-huh. That's right or wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. She says, let me draw your attention to February 9th, 1999. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't recall anything. I don't recall it. I don't know what she said. Well, sir, you recall the day that you found the body in Lincoln Park, oh, don't you? Yes, okay, I recall that. That was a pretty important day for you, was it not? If you explain that, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. She's like, sweetheart? <laughs> I'm talking about the day you found the dead body, girl. Why do you think we're here? And he's like, if you would have explained it, I would have known. He Give a guy a little bit of detail. And I feel like you see the judge. The judge looks up for the first time in the entire proceeding. Everyone simultaneously is like, girl. I don't know what you're talking about. I can't recall that day. Oh, oh, the dead body day. Right. What do you think we're talking about? Exactly. The weather? No. The time you were hammered. And fake stumbled upon a dead body. So now we're back to like modern day Krista. And she's telling us the story about how when she found out that Hay was dead, she was the one who told Adnan. Right. I said, you know, they found his body. She's she's not alive anymore. And it was like a pin drop on the other side of the phone, like complete silence. I just kept saying, like, are you okay? What do you need me to do? Like, just say something. And he said, you're Zaisha home. He said, I'm going to go to her house. Can you just call her and tell her I'm headed that way? See, it seems to me that everyone's sort of congregating at Aisha's to yeah. be, like mourn and and try to find details and just be with people who are like, you can't believe this either, right? But then the bombshell is that Adnan, who is in utter denial calls the cops right. to tell them that they have the wrong person. Remember when Sarah was like freaking out over this in Serial? She's like, there's no way a guilty person would call the police. Yeah, she, she was right about that, for right. sure. <laughs> and then in the coldest way possible, the cop was like, you have to call homicide in the morning because she's right. dead. Right. It's a horrible way to treat somebody. It's horrible. And then like, can we? Can I get back to Hope for like four seconds? So this is the thing that I have the hardest time I with. I don't like this either. Yeah. Go so ahead. Hope, Hope, the French teacher, she's saying, you know, again, she's about the kids age she was very invested in Hayes she's very sad too she's saying that like all the kids were emotional at school she said that she walked up to Adnan I have a clear recollection of going up to Adnan and hugging him and just saying I'm so sorry and I wrapped my arms around him but I got a very just stern and I don't know if that was a cultural thing I don't know if I should have hugged him I don't know if it was something to read into or not, but it wasn't reciprocated back. I think I took it a little personally. When she said that at the time, that had weight. That was an important uh, observation on her part. What she's not saying is that Adnan didn't maybe want to hug the woman who wrote a questionnaire right. about maybe he killed Hay in the secret place they maybe went to together. Exactly. Girl. Exactly. That's why. And also, it's not your role. You're a rando teacher who wants to be everybody's friend. Exactly. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I agree. I totally agree. So now we're getting back to like the idea of Don. 
right? And one of the friends says, like, Don, like we were looking at everybody. We didn't know who it could have been. Don was new to us. Like, he was definitely a possibility. Yeah, and they didn't. They barely knew him. And look, 18 and 22, it's not that different, but it kind of is. Yeah, and, and according to Debbie, like, that's where Hay was going, was to see him. Right, and she was like, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. So we get this on-screen text that says, in February 2016, the filmmakers engaged QRI, a private investigation firm, to conduct an independent investigation. Did you scream? Look, I said, blah, blah, blah. oh my God, I'm freaking out. I know. I just had gibberish <laughs> typing. So we're in their offices in New York City, and Robbie is there. I was like, she was in New York? I know. I was super, I was like retroactively <laughs> jealous with the FOMO. So they were like having a private meeting about Don with these private investigators, and Robbie was in our city? Robbie. Oh, hi. hi. Tyler Maroney, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Thanks for coming all the way to New oh, York. Oh, gosh, not at all. I'm so excited. <laughs> the failure to investigate Don more thoroughly just really stands out as a major mistake. I never thought about him over all these years, to be honest. Wow. Uh, because I thought he was at work. Dun, dun, dun. For those of you who have not been reading every single thing you can find about this case. Or didn't listen to our coverage of Serial or did- Patreon. <laughs> what happened was Don was supposedly working at Lens Crafters right. the day that he went missing. Mm-hmm. We find out later, and Robbie points out, that Don's timesheets, the defense didn't get those until months and months and months later. So the, during the time that Hay went missing, the, what happened was the police like called Don's manager and was told that Don was at work. They checked it off the list. They kept on going. And what we find out later is that Don's manager was his mother. Mother. They don't get into it in this documentary, at least in the first episode. There's so much shadiness about how Don's time card was definitely altered. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he supposedly gets home at 7. He says he gets home around 7 o'clock, and when he gets home, the police has called looking for her. The police don't get a hold of him till like, 1.30 that night. That's, like, a big gap. Like, where was he? What was he doing? And that whole time, why didn't he try to contact her or call the police back? And he doesn't have an alibi. What was he doing? Those are a lot of hours. Yeah. To know that your girlfriend is missing and not make a phone call? Right. That's crazy. Right. And so Robbie's like, look, the cops are looking for her. They go to Harford County, which is Don's neighborhood. Yeah. Also, cut to, love you, Amy Berg, a slow pan on a Confederate flag blowing in the wind on a porch. (laughs) And I'm like... Don's neighborhood, got it, mental note. See you, Amy. Thanks, girl. Yep. Thanks for the update. So Queen Angel Rabia is just like, look, this all looks really bad for Don. She literally says, I have to pull myself back because I know this is all circumstantial, but I don't want to do to somebody else what is happening to Adnan. Right, exactly. And I'm like, can you teach classes? Like, why are you not out for everybody? I get it. I mean, it's why she's amazing. But like, yeah. the fact that she could say that in the in the, in the the middle of all this is incredible. So, you guys, spoiler alert, the, the private investigators tracked down Don, and we're going to get to that in one second. Mm-hmm. But first, we have to tell you a crazy Debbie story. This is bananas. There's also the fact that there's a witness at the school a classmate of Hayes who says that she saw Hay before she was leaving school and that she had told her she was going to meet with Don at the mall. It made Debbie suspicious enough of Don that she actually started kind of, she wanted to investigate herself. So... Remember Debbie's the one who said that like Hay was really in love and I was really nervous about Don? Debbie thought Don was so sketchy that she tracked him down via email. Debbie tells us this story and Debbie is... I would say appropriately self-conscious about telling this story. Somehow I got in touch with him online. That was our initial contact. And he was eager to give me his information and to talk to me and everything. He was very open. Pretty much everything after that was telephone. You know, I just tried to find out how much he cared about her, what he knew about her disappearance. And I don't recall when it was we had that seven-hour conversation, but we did. Weird. One night we just ended up having a seven-hour phone conversation. Seven 
hours. This is the person that, Debbie, you actually think might be responsible for your friend's death. Now you're best friends with him and you're on the phone for you're seven like hours? asleep on the phone watching Dawson's Creek or whatever. Like, enough. Then we find out that Debbie goes on spring break to visit her sister. It was spring break and my sister was attending College Park. She lived on campus. I was going to go stay with her for that whole week. So I had told, you know, told Don all of this and he, you know, oh, let me come visit you while I'm there. So, Okay. I guess it was that evening. That was the first time he had really expressed like romantic interest, and it was kind of odd. Um, I didn't really know what to do with that, but um, you know, he made it very clear that that's what he was interested in. And I guess to some extent, I went along with it for some time. Um, Debbie does not rebuff his advances. Debbie's like, yeah, I kind of went along with that. Right, but she makes a point to say, like, I was clear that we weren't going to have sex. She flirted back a little. Yeah. She was like, I made it clear. I wa- it wasn't going to get physical. But and yeah, we flirted. This was mind-blowing information to yeah. me. And then she's like, yeah, I don't have any details. I kind of blocked it out. And I'm like, oh. I know. <laughs> How that all ended up playing out, I, I just, my mind completely blocks it off after that. I don't, I don't have much recollection. Wait, he <laughs> himself to your sister's college campus for spring break. I know. Which is, he's 22. I know. Hits on you. You kind of feed into it in this way that we don't know exactly. It's a very gray area. Yep. You made some things clear, but way too many things not clear. And then you have no recollection of how you lost touch with Don. Okay. That's, Debbie, sweetheart, that's crazy. Call us, line two, Debbie. (laughs) Enough. What is happening? So now all of a sudden we hear a voice. Most people don't have the resources you do to track me down. You guys, I was desperate to hear Don's voice in Serial. I don't think I watched the sitting down, this whole thing. I know, I, I know. <laughs> we hear Don's voice, you guys. It's not a day go by that I do not think about her and what happened. I was very much in love with her. But to be honest with you, I've got a lot of other things on my mind. I've been disabled since I was 23 and haven't been able to work. I'm 38 now. I don't expect to live to see 50. My next 12 years basically is making sure that my wife and kids are taken care of. Not worrying about whether anybody believes my alibi. I was screaming. I couldn't believe we were hearing Don. I, again, I'm not saying Don did it, but he has been the person I have the most questions for. Exactly, because he was never questioned. Right, right. So I have questions too. Can we unpack this a little bit? Uh, yeah, please. Oh, does he have like a chronic illness? I have no idea. The private investigator is talking to Don on his porch. The mm-hmm. camera is across the street. Right, we're not seeing this conversation like no. close up. We're just hearing it. Really. Right. But we, we do see Don. We do get a visual on him from far away. And then the filmmakers just walk away. Tell me we're going to come back to Don. Tell me we're coming back to him. And it's just the timing of it. It's like, I'm not saying that you can't suddenly become disabled and not be able to work. That's not what I'm talking about. 100%. It's like he was 22, Heyman Lee went missing and is murdered. And then at 23, he suddenly can't work. And now it's all about like, I don't care about my alibi. I'm just trying to provide for my wife and kids. And I'm dying in in 10 years. Like, what? How do you know you're dying at 50? I know. Is there a ticking clock? Like, I don't understand I have so many more questions about this. And the the detective says... I don't think he didn't go uninvestigated. His alibi was his mother, and so there's a question of... Would a mother lie for him? Sure. He could have caught equal attention that the defendant did, but he didn't have any phone calls come in about him. And, and we heard about this phone call in Serial, some like Crime Stoppers phone call where an Asian man says, you need to look at the boyfriend. Well, you know his name? Yeah, and that's when he provides the name. Once the information started flowing in, you got to go where it takes you. 
Or you can look at her current boyfriend also. You can do both, no? Right, of course. And then 5678, we're like hearing the tape of Adnan getting arrested. The two detectives came in, Richard McGillivray. They said, you know, you know why you're here. You're being charged with Hayes' murder. At some point, they mentioned Jay's name. Like, yeah, Jay told us, or Jay's going to say that you did this or did that. And I was just thinking, Jay? Jay who? The only Jay I know is Jay Wiles. What does that have anything to do with anything? I was thinking, like, the charges would just be dropped. Like, this was some huge mistake. Like, how am I going to explain this on my college application? It ends with us finding out that Adnan won the opportunity to present new evidence. Yeah, uh, in January 2016. Right. If it goes his way, it could result in a new trial. Right. And there's something, like, amazing about this and also heartbreaking because I'm like, it's 2019. Right. I know. And and then we see it's like this amazing footage. And I remember when these images came out because Adnan's being brought to the court and they put these, like, from the, because the van pulls up on, like, the curb and they've got to walk him across the sidewalk into the courthouse and they put up these, like, huge fences. Yeah. And you just catch the tiniest glimpse of yes. Adnan as he like walks In into the court. In that blue jumpsuit. It's horrible. Yeah. And he doesn't look anything like the Adnan we've been seeing pictures of. Right. And here's the thing about this new motion. There are two arguments that yeah. need to be proven. One, that <gasps> Asia McLean wasn't called as a witness. Million bucks, not a hair out of place. We get a, we get present day Asia. <laughs> just like in a library, just looking yep. perfect. And then that the cell phone data was unreliable. Right. And that's where we end. And that's where we're going to pick up next time, you guys. You guys, I just want to say, if you want to jump onto our Patreon, now's a good time to hear all of our serial coverage, but also our interview with Rabia, yeah. our interview with Asia McLean, yep. you guys. You want to hear Asia McLean's take on all of this? We talked to her about it. Yeah, she's got a lot to say. I and know. She was just like, um, here are things that weren't true. I know. Or like, here's, she she sets us straight on a lot of things. It's true. Also, for $10, you guys get ad-free versions of these episodes. Plus everything in the $5 tier. Exactly. Just a reminder, you guys, for the next three weeks, you're going to see us in your podcast feeds on Sunday. We're dropping the next three episodes immediately following the episodes that they are about. About the case against Adnan Syed. So, get excited. Yeah, happy Sunday for the next couple Sundays. I know. Uh, don't forget to come see us live, you guys. Can't in wait. June, June 29th, our Pride show. Uh, I'm doing Pride tours the morning of the show, so get your tickets, and then we're going to reach out to everybody and find out who wants to go on these Pride tours. Yeah. Girl, where can they find us? At True Crime Obsessed Podcast on the Instagram. Follow, you guys, follow for the Insta stories. We just did an Insta story in the middle of this recording. <laughs> couldn't stand it anymore. Um, at True Crime Obsess on Twitter. TrueCrimeObsessed.com for episodes, our calendar, the promo codes, our merch, the live shows, the whole thing. Exactly. Where can they find you, girl? At Jillian with a G on all the things. Uh, I'm at Patrick Hines on the Twitter, at Patrick Hines underscore on the Instagram. Uh, I'm going to throw in a palate cleanser. I'm not sure what it's going to be okay. yet. Uh, and uh, No press. Yeah, no press. You'll find it when you find it. <laughs> we love you guys. I love you. Thanks. Bye. Not Casey and JoJo. Not Casey and Joe. Don't, don't do it. Girl, don't do it. Not in my life. <laughs> Can we talk about Robbie's house for a second? Robbie yes. has this like gorgeous house. She walks around. She's like opening the windows. Light is just streaming in. Look, she finds her light. I know. <laughs> you, you know what? She doesn't find her light. The light finds her. The light's like, I, I would be lucky to shed myself onto Robbie. <laughs> she always has like a steaming cup of tea in her hand. Yeah, she, at one point she has like a, mo- I don't know if it's a, in a further episode, but she has like an almost finished cup of coffee or some kind of mocha. And I'm like, is someone going to get Queen Rabia? I know. Fill, a, a refill? Fill her up. She is spilling the tea, literally. <laughs> fill up that cup of coffee. <laughs> Do you know who you have in front of you, Amy Berg? Amy Berg, I love you. I'm so sorry. 
I remember the first time I saw a picture of Saad, I was like, oh. Robbie, close your ears for this part. <laughs> I think Saad, call us, girl. <laughs> I think he's really cute. I have and no she's, experience in Baltimore, so. She says it with no irony. She's just staring at the camera like, what? You think I can't imitate a machine gun? Can I tell you the thing that really stood out to me was the characteristics she liked about Don? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Blonde, blue eyes, built, sexy, had a nice Camaro. Nice Camaro. <laughs> Hey. <laughs> hey, I feel like Hey and I would have the same taste in men. Right. Yes, totally. girl. You guys, I block it out. I'm going to forget everything I said except for all the amazing things about Rabia. Yeah. Which I will text her immediately. I did when I texted her today. I was like, you're the best. I'm the creepiest. Bye. <laughs> I, I said that to her. But she responded. She didn't acknowledge the creepy part, but she did answer. That poor woman. That poor woman. I should take my phone away. So after a little conversation, he's got keys to the flat. After a little conversation, he just walks across her. Welcome, Matt. Now, who'd have thought trust could be bought for a song and a little chat? See, he had friends and family. Nowhere near as cool as that. She gave him these. Her keys. Now, in Beverly Hills, they gave him chills. And South Central put his soul in the deep. She gave him her keys You know those L.A. ladies in their Mercedes They lock their doors if he just sneezed Now he's like, bitch, please She gave me her keys He said, the kind of place I want to be Is where no one's cold or scared of me And then she handed him these Her keys It's all right with me It's all right Cause she said it's all right